McKinnon hits a milestone, the Sabres fight back last night, and we take a look at the NHL standings heading into the Christmas break this year versus last year, plus a full weekend of action to preview and more coming up on today's Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for detail. Happy Friday, Gil. How are we doing? We're doing all right. How are you doing, Rachel? Real good. Um, a couple of interesting results in the NHL last night to talk about. Of course, uh, McKinnon, four goals and an assist against the Ottawa Senators, uh, one of which was his 300th career goal. And, you know, I think that the abs, like people have been questioning the abs this season. And for McKinnon to make a statement like that, like that, I think is a pretty big deal. It is. And look, the Avs have been struggling as of late, uh, not really finding their consistency and their drive. But, you know, this is a big statement by McKinnon, and he's only the fifth player in franchise history to record 300 goals and, you know, pretty elite company. Joe Sackick, Michelle Goulet, Peter Stastny, and Milan Hayduke. So uh, congratulations uh, and- to McKinnon. What? What? I just Milan Hayduk. I like that is a name. I I used to love watching him play. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was very much fun to watch. No, no question about that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, a great milestone. And look for the Avalanche. I think it really is. You know, when when I had the host of Locked On Avalanche on the Monday show a, a week ago, you know, he said it was a lot about heart and effort and that that hasn't been consistently there this year and yet they're still you know 42 points tied in points first place in the central with dallas and nine games over nhl 500 so if this is a struggling avalanche team I know. Uh, you know what, what what's a bad avalanche team you know yeah, I think like when a team is playing like this and I'm sure you know he said something to this effect but um, when you don't have that jump, I think that you start thinking ahead to the playoffs and what a seven game series looks like. And you think, no, well, if you can't sustain it game to game and you have these drops in, you know, pushing hard, like you can't make it work in the playoffs. And I think that's what's foreboding about what's going on there. Right. Yeah. And and I think they're missing the leadership of Landeskog more than anything else. I mean, he, he seems to be 
the guy who gets everybody else going. And right now his absence is being felt and nobody seems to be picking up that slack. Yeah. I think, I think that's a a big part of it too, is like when, you know, a core piece of your team is missing, you know, you got to figure out ways to to fill that need. And if you can't do it. um, Yeah. And again, it's just so weird to be talking about the abs who are like doing well in the NHL as you know, the NHL rates things in these standings, but to be talking like questioningly about them, but it's a valid conversation to have. It, it is a valid conversation to have. I think it gets more important as we head toward the trade deadline. And then you start figuring out what, if anything, does this team need to change at the deadline to, to get to that playoff level that they want to get to. But you know, that's still a couple of months away and they have a little time to try to sort that out between now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Another team looking to sort things out in a much different way is the Buffalo Sabres. And they had two consecutive games with um, first allowing nine goals against and then scoring nine goals for. And Um, I think that's pretty remarkable. And I think that there's something to be said for the fact that sometimes getting embarrassed works. Yeah. I mean, good teams or teams with a little bit of heart will respond to getting embarrassed like that. And earlier in the week, Columbus puts nine goals up against Buffalo. And, you know, you, you think, wow, not only did they give up nine goals, they gave up nine goals to a last place team. And now they come back and score nine goals. So they certainly responded the way you want them to respond. You know, teams could get depressed. They could say, oh, look how awful we are. Uh, Nothing is working here. Or they can get angry and come back and respond with a performance like Buffalo did last night. So for all the inconsistency in Buffalo, they do still seem to care. Let's put it that way. They do. And um, I think that, you know, they're going to, this is a team that's going to push hard until the end. They may not be successful, but I just don't see this as a team that's going to give up at any point during the season. Um, they're always going to try and figure it out and make tweaks that they need to. Um, you know, the results, again, may not bear fruit, but I think that at least they're going to try. And I think that's all you can ask of them um this sort of stat of them getting nine goals against and then nine goals for you know something like that hasn't happened in 40 years uh, or so and you know we've seen you know the sharks got 10 goals scored against two games in a row earlier this season but we just don't see like huge amounts of goals scored as much as we used to back in the day Um, where, you know, we haven't seen more than 11 goals scored in the NHL in, you know, 20 years or something. Yeah. So it's, it's just a really interesting phenomenon that the way the game has changed that we do see like one or two games a season. I think, you know, where you see 10 or more goals scored, but not much more than that. Um, and I just find that fascinating. Well, I I think there's a few reasons for it. I mean, number one, the game is so much better coached now defensively than it used to be more than, let's say, 20 years ago. I think another factor is the salary cap and parity. I mean, you used to have the haves and the have-nots. You used to have 
you know, Montreal winning every year, Edmonton winning every year. And then you had the Colorado Rockies and the California Golden Seals, teams that seemingly couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, the Devils were Mickey Mouse, uh, according to a, <laughs> a certain Wayne Gretzky. So you had such a big disparity between the haves and the have-nots. And like right now, even the worst team in the NHL is nowhere near as bad, relatively speaking, as some of those teams in the post-expansion era and into the 80s. The salary cap has sort of evened that out. And yeah, there are teams that are struggling, but very few teams. I mean, I remember, for example, in the uh, 80s where by American Thanksgiving, you knew who the four teams that were going to make the playoffs in uh, one division because Quebec was always out of it at that point, you know? Right. So there's still five months left in the season, but you knew this team is cooked. There aren't as many teams like that anymore in the league. Yeah. And I, I find it to be interesting in terms of like the fewer teams there were in the league, the more games like that you got. Right. Um, it, which to me, like, doesn't make sense because you would think more teams, more games more opportunity for these things but to your point the way that the game has evolved and the salary cap and all that have sort of counterbalanced that statistical probability right yeah no absolutely and and you know gone are the days where i i remember the the red wings and the rangers would just outspend everybody <laughs> two or three to one and, and then you'd have like you know the rangers payroll was like four times the islanders payroll you don't have that situation anymore. And that does make a big difference. Yeah. So it leads you to like the last time 11 goals were scored in a game was last season or, or sorry, two seasons ago in March of 2022, the Penguins did that against Detroit. But the next one before that in 2001. Yeah. So, you know, you have these huge gaps like that in the timing and i just uh, find it absolutely fascinating but you know two games in a row for the sabers where nine goals were scored by one team and then two games in a row this season with 10 goals scored against the sharks who knows maybe we'll get one of those uh higher numbers breached this season we shall uh, in yeah. In the meantime, uh, looking at the standings last year at this time versus now is a really fascinating look at what has happened in the league. We are going to get to that coming up next. You know that feeling when your favorite NHL player scores a hat trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. You can also play Daily Fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. With elite players in the NHL like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus the new guys like Connor Bedard, all you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for these guys. You choose from stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. To win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail those picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. 
That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, Gil. So looking at the standings that we have in the NHL right now versus last season at this time, I think, you know, there are some surprises here as far as how teams were predicted to do this year, but just in terms of how much things have changed and yet how much things have stayed the same in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think, you know, you want to start off this conversation in the Metro division because it's just so fascinating because you look at the top three teams in that division last year at this time, Carolina, New Jersey, Pittsburgh. Well, those three teams in a bunch have now slid almost all the way to the bottom, just above Columbus where they were last year. So like, and then you have the Islanders and the Flyers in that bottom slot, move them up and then bump the Rangers. Like it just seems upside down. It is. It's almost like someone put the standings in a snow globe, shook it up and and it settled in a completely different way. Uh, But yeah, I mean, let's start with your Flyers because I think they are one of the bigger surprises in the league and you know right now uh in second place seven games over nhl 500 and a year ago five games under nhl 500 and in seventh place what has been the big difference for the flyers it's the team culture it's honestly like you know they work really hard and they've developed a hybrid approach of Um, staying strong defensively and structured um, and having one of the top power uh, penalty kills in the league, but then also getting more active offensively on the rush. And, you know, I I think there's a, a lot more to go with this team and there's a lot more things they can fix, but they're finding more success than not so far this season. And last year they just didn't have the heart and, Like thing, you know, when things went bad, they let it spiral. And so far this season, that has not been the case. Yeah, no, they they are definitely looking a lot better uh, this year, and that's encouraging to see. And I guess on the flip side, Carolina was in first place, and they can't seem to find consistency this year. And the problem has been on defense, which you wouldn't expect with a Rod Brindamore coach team. Yeah, I mean, it's just wild. Like, I I just don't, uh, you know, understand how that happens. I mean, I know they've had some injuries and goaltending has always been a little bit of a question mark there. But yeah, you know, they've had to have a players only meeting. Uh, just like so interesting how things have changed in a year. Um, you know, you look at the Atlantic division and there's Boston sitting right on top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and yet they are very far off their pace of a year ago, which is, I mean, they were, I mean, it's a record setting pace, but, uh, you know, they were 22 games over 500 a year ago. They're 14 games over NHL 500 now, and yet they are still in first place by six points. Yeah, I mean, we knew last year wasn't repeatable, and at, right. at this point last year, we, everybody was still wondering, can they keep this up? And spoiler alert, they did. But um, only in the regular that, season, though. Only, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, and then you have the, I would say, the always a bridesmaid, never the bride 
uh, Toronto Maple Leafs mm-hmm. sitting in second place again <laughs> to those Boston <laughs> Bruins. It just must be infuriating. Yeah, it's like uh, so close and yet so far. You know what, though? I think Toronto would be fine finishing in fifth if they make the playoffs and then go on a long playoff run. It's all about the postseason for the Leafs. Yeah, the big difference in this division is the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, right now they have more points. Um, They've been struggling, but they have more points than they did last year at this time and and, um you know i'm not sure what's going to happen with them as this season progresses but i think you know that is the glaring difference in this division between last year and this year yeah and you know they got off to the slow start last year and picked it up and got hot in the playoffs and and now they seem to sort of picked up where they left off even even though they were dealing with some severe injuries on the blue line. So got to give credit to the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, Turning to the Western conference and the central division, Dallas still up top. Uh, You know, we talked about Colorado uh, being in second place, but still having a, a question mark, you know, at this time last year, they were in fourth place. And I feel like there was less of a question mark. Yeah. On them. Go figure, right? I mean, uh, and, and it's it's so tightly bunched right now. I mean, you have four yeah. points separating the top four teams in this division. I, I love the, the way the central standings are looking. And how about Arizona? What a big turnaround from last year they've had. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they're still not in the top half of the division, but they are definitely in a much better position position than they were last year you know they're over 500 now they were well under 500 then and um you know i i think that that is one of the good side stories comparing last year to this year on the other side you look at minnesota not so much i mean minnesota was sitting comfortably in third place in the division last year at this time and they've just been a wreck uh and the inconsistency i think would be the one word i'd use to describe them yeah they they can't seem to get out of their own way and you know seventh place right now a minus four goal differential and yet i'm not ready to give up on the wild you know you get on they've won two in a row if they can put together a little win streak they'll be right back in the thick of it because this division is 10 points between first place and seventh place. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you look at uh, Winnipeg, who is only one point out of first place in the division right now. They were in second place last year. So it seems like the expectations and the results were high from year to year so far. But, you know, they didn't go anywhere last year, really. So, like, can Winnipeg keep it up and push through this time? Yeah, that's that's going to be the big question. I, I, I am going to be keeping a close eye on this division. I, I love how tight it is and, and the way that these teams are battling each other for, you know, you, you, you look away for a week and the standings will have changed drastically because it's all so close. And uh, there's such a small margin for error in this division right now. Yeah, and, you know, <clears throat> I think the Pacific Division has its 
storylines as well, but a lot of similarities. So you have Vegas and LA as the top two teams, you know, from last year at this point. And, you know, Vegas tied for first in the division, LA in second place. But there's a much bigger margin between the Canucks and Vegas, who are tied for first place, and the Kings. But the Kings are way behind in games played. So I feel like there's a little more parity there. There is. And, you know, you got to see the difference this year as compared to last year for uh, a couple of teams in particular. Vancouver on the plus side. I mean, they are so much better this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with coaching and organization and the way this team is uh, just playing with much more purpose than they were a year ago. And then on the negative side, Seattle and Edmonton have really disappointed. Yeah, I think, you know, both of these teams well, more, I would say Edmonton really have picked things up and are on the upswing. So I'm like less worried about them being further down than I would be, you know, some of the other teams like Seattle, I would worry. I mean, maybe they can use the winter classic to turn things around, but um, I, I do think that they've struggled a lot more. Their goal differentials way in the negative versus Edmonton, who's in the positive def- despite being in sixth place in the division. Um, you know, I think they just uh, really are in a much better place than maybe even last year's Edmonton Oilers who were higher in the division. I feel like the confidence in them was a little higher last year at this time. Yeah, I I think that's true, but they seem to have found themselves, as you said, and they're playing a lot better hockey as of late. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going. The, The coaching change does seem to have helped them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Same two bottom teams in that division, Uh, Just in reverse order, Uh, Anaheim was in the basement last time. It's San Jose this time. Uh, But, you know, I think that the Ducks are the more interesting story here, given that they started out a little stronger and then kind of things did not faded, I guess. Yeah, that is the right word. Um, We have a big weekend leading up to the Christmas break ahead, and we are going to talk about that next. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. 
Turning our attention to this weekend of action, of course, there's only two days of it leading into the Christmas break. And tonight, my God, like what a schedule of games, uh, Flyers versus Red Wings. The Red Wings have been in a spiral and are in goaltending hell right now uh, with the injuries and, you know, Flyers just lost to the Nashville Predators. Um, so are looking to bounce back from that should be a fun one in Detroit. And then the aforementioned Edmonton Oilers are in New York facing the Rangers at MSG um, Rangers atop the Metro division Oilers on the move like this. Like I am excited for this one. Yeah, that's going to be an entertaining game at the garden. And, and we're going to, I think this is a great test for Edmonton being on the road going up against a first-place team. They're making progress, but I think this is sort of a bellwether game to see exactly how much. Exactly. And then the Bruins at the Jets, like, you know, division leader against a team that is maybe uh, one of the more fun, good teams this year. And with the Bruins, you know, playing better and better as the season has progressed, I think, you know, playing Winnipeg, this is going to be a lot of fun. It is. And I want to see Winnipeg get a little more recognition and a little more respect on on uh, in from the national media in both the U.S. and Canada. They are quietly one of the better teams in the league right now. They need to keep that going. But uh, I've been impressed. And, and this should be a great game between them and Boston. Yeah. And then we have an original six uh, Habs versus Blackhawks to round out the evening. Then Saturday, we've got a whole massive bucket of games uh, as everybody's getting in their last games before the break. Uh, Stars versus Preds to to begin the day in the afternoon. Again, the Predators have just been on a tear. They've been playing generally really well up against the Stars, uh, you know, divisional rival and looking at, you know, the opportunity to maybe inch up towards them in that division. Yeah, I mean, uh, th th this is not a peace on earth, goodwill to men kind of game. This is a rivalry, no. and this will be this will be a fun one, a, a good matinee right there to kick things off for, for hockey fans. Yeah, then we have a good uh, game between the Vegas Golden Knights and Florida Panthers in the afternoon. Um, I think, you know, the Panthers have a lot to prove against the defending Stanley Cup champions who have had a great season so far. Um, I like this matchup. Well, it's, it's a Stanley Cup final, yeah. you know, revival here. So uh, you think the Panthers have a little revenge on their mind in this one? Probably. I think there's some uh, leftover hostility there as well. And uh, a bunch of teams have a back-to-back -back going on here, uh, including the Detroit Red Wings, who are going to be facing the Devils, who've been really struggling. These are two struggling teams right now and which team will like figure out how to get it done in this one I think is fascinating yeah it is and and you know you didn't expect either of these teams to be struggling the way they are it's for me especially the Devils just because yeah. they have so much young talent maybe they made a little too much progress last year and and uh you know they took a little step back this season yeah, they did. And you're right. It's the way that they're struggling that's interesting. Yep. Not that they are struggling. It's just like, what's going on there? 
Um, how about that Islanders versus Canes game? Yeah, uh, Islanders want to get a little revenge for being eliminated by the Canes. And the first two times these teams have met, both games went into overtime. Uh, this is an important two-point game, uh, or four-point game, I should say, for the Metropolitan Division because the standings are so tight, uh, and it's always tough to win in Carolina. Yeah, it really is. Um, I also love an old-fashioned Blackhawks-Blues game. Uh, you know, that is the fan bases do not enjoy each other. So I enjoy that from afar. Um, our aforementioned Arizona Coyotes facing the Avs, uh, another divisional matchup here with uh, interesting implications. And just I find that division so much fun to watch this year. It is. And the Coyotes, you know, you're four games over NHL 500. You make a statement if you go into Denver and beat the Avalanche. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then to round out the last couple of games before our Christmas break, we've got the Flames in L.A. and the Sharks in Vancouver. Yeah. And, you know, the Flames, again, one of those teams that is just struggling this year. but getting a win in LA before the break would certainly give them a little momentum. And let, let's say this much uh, as, as bad as the sharks were earlier in the season, they have played better over the last 10, 15 games. Yeah, they have. And you knew that was going to happen eventually. It was just a matter of time. Um, You know, this is a very streaky league and these sort of things just kind of level themselves out. But I think Vancouver, you know, needs to maintain their position in the division. They're at home. It's the big holiday game where, you know, people are back home and they're with their families and they're coming to the game. Like you want to go out on a high note before the break. Yeah. And again, so little margin for error and the Canucks are playing some great hockey. Absolutely. And so after that, not another NHL game until next Wednesday. That will do it for today's show and for Locked On NHL before the Christmas holiday. Gil, you will be back on Monday with a show talking to hosts from around the league in uh, talking about all those big stories. And uh, have a great holiday, everyone.